has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in Michael We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, a 27-year veteran of the NYPD. So a lot of happenings, a lot of goings-on, in the, in the, of course, the active uh, chase, the active manhunt for Danilo Cavalcante. And it seems as if they may have him in a very specific area, and they talk about stressing him. This is the eighth day. And what do they mean by stressing him? By stressing him, they mean keep him, keeping him out there on the run. Look, he doesn't have supplies. He has to break into people's home, homes to steal food to get what he needs. And that's been evident by the trail cameras, which have shown pictures of him with a laptop and another bag that he didn't have when he first escaped. So all of those things, if we'd see the photo on the screen, these are all from trail cameras. Now, it seems as if they have him in the vicinity uh, where they want him. Uh, and we'll find out because there's been a sighting of him as recently as this afternoon. And when you look and see how thick this brush is, it's almost like some of the, the uh, vegetation looks like cornfields almost where anyone could hide. And, and even if they see him and he runs into one of these fields, very difficult to, to spot him. And, and in fact, they have spotted him a few times and he's gotten away. So that's how thick this brush is. Uh, there's over 200 police officers and other workers on this case, on this manhunt. There's helicopters, drones, dogs, horses, you know, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, not quite that. But all of these things they have in a professional search for a escaped prisoner. And this escape is active. And as they said, they are trying to get him stressed enough where he's going to make a mistake and walk right into them. With me tonight, I have co-host, retired NYPD sergeant, Professor, law degree, and uh, straight out of the Bronx, Professor Michael Geary. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, Billy. Thank you for having me on tonight. Good to see you. Well, Mike, it's it, I know we've all been on, you and I anyway, we've been on these type of shows, these type of shows, these type of searches. Yeah. And on one hand, they're exciting, they're dangerous, and... They can be rewarding once you capture this guy. And he's going to get caught. And oh, yeah. we all just hope and pray that he gets caught before he hurts someone, hurts an innocent person, hurts an innocent family, or hurts an, a police officer, God forbid. And so we want to make sure that they keep the pressure on. And, and that's the name of the game here. And, it, and it, this is live. It's going on live yes. right now. Your thoughts? Yeah, Billy, this is exciting for police officers, for sheriffs, for state troopers, uh, for people on horseback, anyone who help, who's helping in the search. Um, your blood is pumping. You and I have 
chase people. You're running, running through buildings, running up and down stairs, running across parking lots, looking under bridges. I mean, you're just, you're high on adrenaline. You're pumped up. You've got a whole bunch of people. You're trying to spread out, trying to do a coordinated search. Um, and this kind of thing, it's very stressful because it's going on for, for days and days now. It's been actually uh, seven days. Um, and, you know, it's it, if you really get him into a small kind of box area, then he can be, maybe feel a little dangerous or feel very trapped and become even more dangerous. He's a, he's a, he's a homicidal maniac. He's escaped. He's out there. Um, in one of the trail camera pictures, I'm not sure it's these, uh, they had him go going in one direction and then a little while later going back, which means that he's doubling back. He probably knows that the box is getting smaller, the noose is tightening, and that's good. Um, but as it tightens, he may feel like, you know, he wants to stay on the run. He wants to keep moving. And when he stole food from that, uh, that uh, gentleman's home and the gentleman flashed the lights in his house and then Cavalcante flashed the light one again. And then the old man realized, oh, my God, that noise is actually a person inside my house. He called the police. Cavalcante ran out, but he had stolen some food. But that's good. He wants to keep moving at this point. He wants to keep mobility. That's the only thing he's got going for him. He does not have contacts out there, people that can give him uh, some sort of sucker, you know, a refuge, a house of refuge. But as it gets tighter and tighter, he may decide, and we hope he doesn't, he may decide to take have a last stand. Right now, we don't believe he has a, a firearm, but it's this is going to this is the point where it starts to get very dangerous for all the law enforcement and everyone else at this point because he's now getting smaller and smaller area of operation. You know, Mike, looking at the screen and we're looking at the backpack and another bag, mm -hmm. I would almost guarantee he's got some type of weapon in there, whether it's a knife or he stole a firearm from somewhere. So the police have to take it for granted that he's armed. Oh, yeah. Anyone else that would choose to confront him. Yeah. Because we know he's a knife guy. He yeah. likes stabbing people. And so they, they, they have to be incredibly careful when they approach him. But no doubt the police, of course, have the advantage here. This is a live uh, tape. It's going on right An now. Active response to what we believe is a confirmed sighting of Danilo Cavalcante. Let me go right now to the wooded area. We are right near, near uh, right north of Longwood Gardens. Uh, let me show you some of the response uh, in these woods here. Uh, and forgive me, I'm, I'm uh, there's, so what we can tell you about a, a half hour ago, a heavy police response in this area by law enforcement, not only um, local authorities, but uh, search units with night vision goggles, um, as well as a mounted patrol. Uh, a ma mounted patrol uh, with the horses, uh, we believe just left. Um, we do know that there was, uh, as you can see, Heavy police um, this is a response that we haven't seen this quickly, well, maybe earlier today. So let me give you an idea where we're at now. Forgive us, we're just kind of starting our, our, our feed right now. I want to give you an exact location of where I am. Uh, we are on Street Road, uh, just north of Red Lion Row, just east 
of Conservatory Road and um, just north of Longwood Gardens. Uh, I don't know the property boundary of Longwood Gardens, but now uh, what you're seeing now is it looks like uh, it looks like law enforcement is coming out of the woods. Uh, we were told to get uh, to get off the road if we wanted to stay here. We saw law enforcement in those woods right there. Again, deep brush we're talking about, deep, heavy woods. Uh, our police response to here on Street Road and Conservatory Road. Conservatory Road, yep. Uh, at Longwood Gardens. So, folks, a lot of police activity. Uh, they're, they're saying that about an hour ago there was a sighting of him. You see how thick the brush is, so there is a possibility that they could spot him and he could get away. And and that, then they would have to double back and figure out which way he went. But again, some of these fields almost look like cornfields. The 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 vegetation is so high, and I'm not saying they're cornfields, but it, it, that's how deep. If you've ever been inside a cornfield and you see how high the corn goes, it, you, anyone could hide in there, and, and it's an incredible thing. Now, one of the things, of course, and I want to get back, everyone across the nation, everyone across the world has, of course, seen the, the escape video of him, and I think that was something they were holding for a while because I think – Everyone in corrections, everyone involved in that is extremely embarrassed. And I think they wanted to figure out what was their liability in putting that out there. Would it hurt the correction facility even more? Or was it better to be transparent and put, put that out there? I mean, when you see, there's a picture up on the screen of the, of the prison facility. What a huge, sprawling facility. However, these huge sprawling facilities must be defended, must be secured, must be protected because inside these sprawling facilities are the worst of mankind. And they cannot allow what occurred to happen. And this was the second escape from this prison. And here there's, there's the, I'm going to play this video. Of course, I think everyone's probably seen this numerous times, but it's it's an incredible thing to look at the athleticism, and I've said this on the earlier show, of someone that's able to do this. This is no easy feat. Cavalcante escaped from the Chester County Prison last Thursday, days after he received a life sentence, so it appears he likely has little to lose. Police have been scouring the area in southeast Pennsylvania searching for him. Cameras have captured Cavalcante at night in yards and other areas. These are the most recent photos of Cavalcante from Monday night. They were captured by cameras at a botanical garden three miles away from the prison. Schools in the area have closed as the search continues. Officials have updated the public almost daily about the search. The photos confirm that Cavalcante has not changed his appearance, but also that he has obtained a backpack a duffel sling type pack, and a hooded sweatshirt. Cavalcante is depicted in the photo walking north at 8.21 p.m. and then back south through the same location at 9.
But um, so, so that was earlier. It's, it's a tough just, situation. I mean, it's not. You you hear the marshal service and the Pennsylvania State Police talk about stressing him, and and what that means is they want him to know that they're right on his heels, uh, so that he's not sleeping. So it's like. Mike, your thoughts on this? I mean, have you ever seen anyone with that level of athleticism climb a wall like this, like he's Spider-Man? You know. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen that in particular, but you know, just think about the, some of the people that you arrested, some of the people I arrested. They're a combination of like Gumby, Spider-Man, you know, and Minute Ball. If they get running, they suddenly can do the hundred-yard dash in like nine point two. It's just amazing what the human person can do when they've got the cops chasing them or they want to get out of someplace. So um, it's surprising and uh, to see it, you know, but uh, it's in a second, second, another way, it's not surprising because these guys, especially him, he's got nothing to lose at all. I mean, he's looking at a life sentence. If he goes down swinging, um, so be it. He's going to, you know, he'd, some of these guys would rather die trying and get in, in escaping then do that, you know, that bid. That's a that's every day of the rest of your life. And what do you got to look forward to? Nothing. He may not be ganged up in there. You know, uh, there might not be anybody to protect him. And, you know, what he sees is a chance for escape. Uh, he probably is very fatalistic, knows it's probably not going to go well. But, um, you know, I've seen people do all kinds of crazy things. You, you handcuff them, you put the cuffs behind their back, nice and tight. And then you put in the backseat radio car and, and you get into the front seat. And within like 30 seconds, they've got the cuffs, you know, they got their feet normal and their cuffs are in front of them. Then you got to go recuff them. I've had times where people have been so flexible, like, like a gymnast that I've had to actually like lay down on top of them in the back of the radio car and have my partner drive to the four, six, you remember Augie drive to the four, six, because you can't turn your back on this guy. You can't leave him alone. You have to hold on to him. And that's what that that's what determination is. Um, and this guy was determined to do it. And he did it. And I think probably he learned that trick that you can see climbing up the wall like Spider-Man uh, from people inside telling him that's how the other guy got out like about a month ago. You know, uh, Mike, people don't realize how diabolical prison inmates get in the oh, fact yeah. that they got 24 seven to scheme, 24 mm -hmm. seven to plan. 24-7 to come up with how to escape if that's what's on their mind. And that's all they do for right. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So this shouldn't be surprising to anyone that's in the uh, police or the corrections business. Not Again, it's a live shot of... Uh, uh, he is not caught yet. Dogs have been out here. Um, and it now looks like the... Uh, it now looks like they, they may be moving, but there was definitely a response uh, of a reported sighting. What was seen, we don't know, but we're going to follow. We're going to follow the follow the uh, the lights, and that's what we've been doing ever since uh, we kind of started this. So, folks, this is an ongoing, of course, search. It moves because. There's been a report that he was spotted. Uh, we don't know what the police are saying, or maybe people on scanners. You can see they're turning people around. They don't we want them to no go into the area. That's the right hot now. area. That's the area, perhaps, that where he was spotted. Mm -hmm. So they're diverting traffic. 
Again, you think of the inconvenience to this community. Think of the cost of this, right? 200 yeah. officers, uh, stores that aren't getting business because people can't go into these locations. Yeah. Schools had to be closed. Businesses had to be closed. And all because one five foot tall, 120 pound diabolical murderer escaped a state prison in the second time in four months, someone's escaped this. Yeah. Billy, when you think about it, we have no confirmation on anything, guys, but stand by. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, no, when you think about it, some of these guys, they don't have even a GED. Some of these people might not be very literate, but the moment you get them in cuffs, you get them in custody, they're in jail or prison, they turn into MacGyver, you know, and uh, they try to figure out every possible which way because they got nothing better to do than to just look around see the pace of the guards see their um their schedules and they turn into macgyvers and they're uh they're um uh, uh, able to do the most amazing things and uh it's it's um in another time in another place they could use this as a training video uh for future corrections and also when it comes to architecture all right uh ladies and gentlemen i am back chris o'connell coming to you from uh longwood gardens again area this is a live of, feed um, yeah. Chester County, and as you can see, Street Road here, just north of of the Longwood Gardens area, is shut down, and there's, uh, according to Longwood Gardens, uh, the folks. The reason he's a, the news reporter is stumbling on himself a little bit. The reason they would freeze this area is because. They, it has been a sighting of him, and they don't want the public to go into this area. That's like searching for a perp 101. You know, we saw some bad searches years ago, and I always refer back to the O.J. Simpson case, uh, or even, excuse me, the Rodney the Rodney um, King case, right. where they allowed traffic to go into the riot area. Right. Uh, right. And people got assaulted. You saw that there was a famous... A truck driver named mm -hmm. Reginald Denny, who they they knocked him unconscious, and that is you know what we would call in policing, uh, you know, not how not to police a riot 101. You never let good guys go into the bad guy area during uh, a live situation, and that is what's going on here. They do not want good guys going into the area where the bad guy has been spotted. Mike, yeah, Billy, just think about it. This guy has broken into probably several homes in the area. He's got, like you say, food. He's got clothing. He's uh, first thing I would do also is arm myself with a kitchen knife, even if it's just you know a steak knife that ordinary steak knife somebody might have. I'd arm myself with a couple of those. So he he probably is you armed. You better believe he probably is armed. Um, and also, if he's going, if he's somewhere along one of those roads, and uh, a lady with a kid in the car soccer mom comes by or some just some good natured person comes by and he jumps out in front of them if he puts a knife to the throat he might be able to commandeer that car if he commandeers a car now he can bust he can possibly bust out of that um of that area and so be free from the cordoned off area where they think they have him that would be a terrible thing the last thing you want to deny him is transportation like that you want him on his feet you want him exhausted you want him tired, you want him thirsty, you want him hungry to the point where he gives up. 
and uh, you don't want to give him possibly the uh, the key to actually getting out freedom, you know, from that area. One hundred percent. You know, Mike. People in the chat are asking, are they using helicopters at nighttime? They are using every single resource yeah. they have. Mm -hmm. They're using helicopters with thermal imaging that, again, right. you don't need lights. It can mm -hmm. see the outline of a human being's body from the thermal image. They were saying yesterday and the day before that they were having problems with the thermal imaging because the ground was so hot. Right. And yeah. I'm not a pilot. I don't know how those things work. But if I believe uh, the FBI agents that had experience with that, they were reporting that. The helicopters are having problems with the thermal imaging because of the heat coming off the ground. Uh, they have drones, mm -hmm. dogs. Dogs in these cases are invaluable, especially bloodhounds, German shepherds. The other thing is, is, is perps on the loose are terrified of dogs. So you sure. let the dog go, and uh, believe me, they're running up a tree. So uh, dogs are highly useful. We've also seen they've had horses. So yeah. there is no spence excuse me, no expense being spared in this hunt, as there shouldn't be, because we have a no. dangerous fugitive on the run, and they must protect the public with this. This was from earlier in the day, the 3 o'clock press conference. I'm going to play a little bit of this. A few hours and continues at this time. Our search perimeter remains unchanged, with the exception that we have thoroughly searched the area around two elementary schools previously contained within the perimeter, and have adjusted the perimeter to exclude both schools from the perimeter area. We've done this in an effort to minimize the impact on students and their families while we continue with our search efforts. The district attorney and I have an ongoing dialogue with school districts in the area and are committed to providing them the most up-to-date information so they can make informed decisions about school operations. I've told you all previously that we're utilizing hundreds of state local and federal law enforcement officers, canines, aviation assets, and various types of technology in an effort to keep the community safe and to bring this to as swift of a conclusion as possible. I'd like to provide the media and the public an opportunity for some insight at the scope of the operation that we've put in place. Following the press conference today, I'll provide you all details of how we can make that happen. As a reminder, we're asking the public's help by familiarizing themselves with the photograph and description of Cavalcante to check security cameras they have and to call us immediately if they believe they may have seen him. Again, we ask residents to please secure homes, outbuildings, and vehicles. Cavalcante has clearly already obtained some clothing and other unknown supplies, and we want to minimize any opportunity that he might have to get anything more. It is very important we keep the pressure on him as we continue this hunt. Cavalcante is considered extremely dangerous, and there is a reward, <clears throat> excuse me, of up to $20,000 offered for information leading to the capture of Cavalcante. Anyone with information is asked to call our tip line at 717-562-2987, 717-562-2987. I continue to thank the community for their support and for allowing us the latitude to do our jobs while they deal with what I know are extremely stressful circumstances. We appreciate you all more than you know. And I wanted to also, uh, because we've had a number of inquiries, I mentioned an injury to one of our tactical dogs the other day, uh, Loki, and I wanted to provide you all just a brief update. Uh, he is doing well, has been released from the hospital earlier today and is expected to make a full recovery and return to work within the next week.
And with that, we will be happy to take any questions that you might have. Details of the Longwood Gardens event. We saw the helicopter drop very low right off the deck and seemed to try to spread the underbrush. There. So an individual reported that, uh, that he had seen someone matching that description and he provided us a location that he had seen them uh, running through that area. Uh, and, uh, and so searchers have, uh, have gone to that area. Uh, we're using uh, people on foot. We have horses out there as well that are assisting with the search, uh, tactical teams, and, uh, and and of course the aviation assets that you mentioned. Oh, how, that close area. This, how close is this search that trail camera that you're saying? It's uh, not very far from that location. Which tools were removed from the trail? That was the Greenwood Elementary and Chad's Ford Elementary. So how big is the radius? Yes, uh, so um, it's about an eight to 10 square mile area uh, that we're looking at right now. It's a couple of miles across, but the, the total uh, mileage would be about eight to 10 square miles. So folks, you can imagine they started out with a two uh, mile square area, and now it's been uh, expanded to 10 miles. And does that create more problems? Does that create a more difficult search? You bet, you bet. And now you probably need more people. They had 200 officers. Now you may have to double it since initially it was a two mile square area. Now they're talking 10 miles. Your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, Billy, you got your, your, you got to, you got to have, you got to multiply the number of responders that are uh, searching. Also, if the more um, heavily brushed, more forest there is, the less people that are out there. It's a very different search. If there's a lot of, if he's in an area that's a suburban area and he's hiding, maybe, you know, in like, like you just think about the uh, Sarnayev in the uh, Boston Marathon bombing, he ended up hiding in, in a guy's uh, a boat, you know, because it was housed nearby and that sort of thing. But if he's, if the area gets less and less crowded and there's more and more forests, that's a good thing for the public because, you know, it's less people that are going to be endangered. And uh, you just hope that there are trail cameras out there that could spot the person, uh, you know, it's maybe more trail cameras, but uh, it makes it much more difficult because the terrain is, is, is greater. It's much more of a challenge and uh, it's a challenge for everybody, dogs, horses and everything. The uh, best thing I think they have is a thermal imaging because you could see at night, you know, he might want to walk at night, want to move at night. And if you've got a drone, hopefully a drone, because drones at night, if you're if they're up 100 feet, you can't even hear these things where the helicopter you could hear coming. But you would be able to um, see them very clearly at night. If you've ever seen, you know, drone footage of a person running at night, it's clear. It's, you know, no joke. It's clear as day. So that's that might be a good thing that he's in an area that is expanded. But maybe there's more room for him to run. Maybe it's better to, that he's farther away from uh, other other people like like um, schools and children because if there's a school anywhere nearby i'm glad they closed the school uh schools are very large buildings there's campuses he could break into a, a storage room he could be somewhere hiding in that building you know i would rather have him on the run running away from people hopefully in the woods track them down that way but uh yeah it's it's going to be it's very stressful and you need a lot more people to cover that area it you know might not seem like a lot, but you're going to need 
lot of boots on the ground coming from different areas and that multiplies you know the number of personnel you need 100 wendy Kraft. of course you can ask a question yeah i was just asking a question for the chat he probably won't surrender but because he has not been confrontational i was curious no need to be mean look Gonzalo Lopez wasn't confrontational either until he ran into a family of five that got in his way and he killed all five of them. So you cannot trust a prison inmate who escaped, who is facing life. He hasn't been confrontational because he hasn't run into anyone. And the one place where he was actually inside the house, that was a scary situation because it doesn't seem like the man who was home was prepared uh to do what he had to do if it came to that because he was thinking that oh um i flicked the light switch i was like he flicked the light switch i mean he's lucky that guy didn't fl flip his knife open and kill him and his family because that's what these people are all about i'm going to play a little bit oh that's the wrong excuse me that's the wrong video i gotta remove that i'm gonna add something to the screen and this was like that person who realized that uh danello uh was in his house and we're going to play a little bit of this absolutely terrifying experience brian ryan drummond says that he was inside his home on friday night now drummond lives here within this two mile search radius closed to through traffic all of the neighbors here uh, in this wooded area two mile a search area have been basically locked down since then as U.S. Marshals and state police continue their search. My wife, I said, hey, I think there might be somebody downstairs. Um, you know, get, get on the phone. Ryan Drummond claims he saw Danilo Cavalcante, convicted killer on the run from Chester County Prison for five days now inside of his home on Friday night around 1145. After hearing rustling downstairs, Drummond says he rushed to his upstairs landing. What I decided to do was flip the light switch on and off, you know, three or four or five times, pause, and then he flipped the light switch from downstairs three or four times, which was the moment of like, oh my God, this guy is down there. After making sure his children were sleeping in their beds, Drummond says he watched Cavalcante walk out of his home. I saw him walk out of the kitchen and through our living room, uh, kind of along the side, opened up that door, walked out. He was wearing a white shirt, had a bag. Police arrived, but the man escaped back into the thick wood and brush after taking some food. The peaches, apples, uh, green snap peas were, had been missing. You know, we have a bunch of little steak knives it's possible that he could have also taken one of those state police leading this manhunt say there have been four confirmed you know i find that to be um very scary because the only yeah. sound that uh that, that danilo cavalcante should have heard was <laughs> and that was the sound of the slide going back on your nine millimeter or your 380 or your semi-auto that's the only sound and he and believe me he would understand that sound the 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 turning on and off of the lights I don't think this gentleman understands what he was dealing with. And just by sheer luck, did this desperado take off and not choose to kill this man and his family. And, uh, you know, I, I, when I say that, I'm not kidding. And many people don't know or they've never been confronted with evil of this level. And they just don't know how to deal with it.
And no, but yeah, looking, it's not theoretical. It's real. You're talking about real life. You've been shot at. I've been shot at. It is not a good feeling. You got to protect yourself. Mr. Drummond is absolutely lucky. He should play the lottery. He should have had, like you say, slide back the nine, load it all up and go down there and just take care of business. You got to protect your family. You got to protect your own life. You got to protect the lives of your children, your spouse. He is absolutely lucky. He should play the lottery. He should thank his lucky stars that he's not dead on the floor. Absolutely. That is no joke. You're not saying it, Billy, out of like just being flipped. You're saying it. That's absolute real life. He may have thought he maybe thought he thought he thought that there was a, just a kid messing around in his home. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. That's your home. And there's a knife down there. That's your kitchen. You know, um, Mr. Drummond is absolutely lucky. Very, very lucky. And his family is very lucky that they are all alive. You know, Mike, I, I've have I've read a lot of the chat here. And when we talk about this, there's a lot of people that are confused, I think. And um you know, you hear people talk about, oh, isn't it true that if you have a gun, the bad guy can use it against you? Not if you're trained and you know how to use it and you're motivated. No. Right. And politicians sell that bullshit because they don't want people to have guns. They don't want the good guy to have a gun. They're fine with the bad guy having a gun. And, you know, I just want to be clear with that. And, you know, then people start mentioning the castle doctrine. I don't think you think of the law when you are there with your family and your two children mm -hmm. and your wife. The law doesn't matter at that point. What matters is the protection of your family and that you come out of this alive. It's the old expression, um, I'd rather be judged carried, by 12 than carried, carried by, by six. six. You know, Absolutely. something. Yeah. And, and you know, so I it just, it really irks me because all of this bullshit comes from politicians who are anti gun. And, and you know, some, yeah, I'm all against bad guys having guns, but I'm all pro good guys having guns so that they can protect their family. And in my opinion, and I, again, I'll have people in the chat killing me for this. I think every household in this country should have a firearm at home to defend their home. And that's my opinion. I really believe that. Yeah, Billy, people just think uh, you call 911 and the police show up. Yes, they will show up, but they might not show up for three minutes, five minutes. You know, you don't know how close the nearest radio car is. So by the time that RMP gets there, you may be dead. Your family may be dead. Your children may be dead. You have, you know, your home is your last stand. That is your Alamo. That is your castle. You know, you have every single right as a homeowner to defend your life and the lives of your family and your children. You don't have to run. You don't have to give that perp a second chance in your home. You do not give them a second chance in your home. They're there and they are willing to do harm to you. That Mr. Drummond got very lucky. Again, same thing. I don't want to see everyone in the whole world have guns, but I, it just seems that the politicians only want to keep guns out of the hands of the law-abiding homeowner, the law-abiding citizen, the last person that would ever use it illegally. But there are, look at, look at Illinois. That's the strongest gun laws in the nation. They have probably the highest homicide rate per, you know, thousand people. It's just the guns are in the hands of the wrong people. Absolutely. You know, and, and the thing is, politicians in this country have also tried to define the crime of burglary as a property crime. No, it's not. Burglary is a violent Go ahead, Mike. You're the lawyer. You tell them what it is. No, burglary, when somebody, just think about burglary is. It's breaking and entering with intent to commit a crime they're in. Breaking and entering into someone's home where uh, the, a person is living, especially at night. 
it's one thing if somebody burglarizes a home during the day and they don't expect anyone to be there. They expect the homeowners to be away. That's bad enough because that is your solace, your home. You pay for that. You pay the mortgage. You pay the taxes. That's where you raise your family. That's where you are safe. And if somebody is willing to violate that, they're a very dangerous person. Now you take it at night. And Mr. Drummond was, it was like 1145 at night. And this person came into their home. That's the place where you are sleeping. You're unconscious. You're, you know, he is lucky he heard something. And for anyone to think that a burglary is just a property crime, no. A person's breaking into your home. They probably have some sort of tools, like, as we say, burglar's tools, crowbars, screwdrivers, things like that. You can get stabbed to death with a screwdriver. You can get beaten to death with a crowbar. That is, we've had this in a four six. I know uh, one particular case where a lady came home her, from work. Her door, uh, their lock was broken on her door. So she got the super and said, wait a minute, there's something wrong with my, my door. The super came up and he, she said, could you just go in the apartment with me? Went in the apartment with her. She, he, he just looked around. He goes, okay, there's nobody here. You're safe. She locked the door behind her. The super went away and the, the burglar came out of a, hit, a, a hiding spot in a closet and raped and beat her unmercifully. Um, so anybody thinks that, you know, burglary, it's simply a property crime. Oh, it's no big deal. They're just going to take a stereo. No, they could take your life. And that is no joke. Very well said, Mike. And I, and I, I, I get a little passionate I... about these things. But yeah. it's just ridiculous what they, what people perceive as well. As you know, crime. politicians are trying to sell that shit, and and it's just you know we who have been in the trenches with law enforcement when you hear them try to do that, and that goes to, to district attorneys. Alvin Bragg in New York is trying to act as if burglary is a property crime, right? Trying to make as if robbery first degree. If no one gets hurt, let's plea it down to a pennant larceny a class b felony to a pennant larceny you know something yeah. and they'll no, re-elect no. these people they, they'll re-elect these people you know yeah. it's just just incredible and, and again if we sound passionate about this we are folks this is police off the cuff real crime stories if you like real crime true crime from a police perspective then you're in the right place and go on our youtube hit that subscribe button Give us a thumbs up and ring that bell because we tell the truth about real crime, true crime. And we've been there. You know, you heard Mike say we've both been shot at. Yeah. Is that a badge of honor? No, I would have preferred to go through my life without having been shot at. But once you are shot at and you get away with it, it's sort of like, yeah, it's a badge of honor. I'm still alive and I was shot at, you know. And uh, guys, I just also want to mention uh, today is obviously uh, September 7th. And four days from now is September 11th, the 22-year anniversary. And Mike and I and Phil Grimaldi, Duty Ron, we were all first responders uh, uh, from 9-11. I just want to put that in everyone's mind to always think about all the people that we lost on that day and to remember them, not just on that day, but every day. Because the people that lost loved ones and real close family members it's just as raw 22 years from the event as it was that very day uh, on 9-11-2001. And I just uh, want to commemorate that. Um, so, folks, let's get back to this. And uh, we got a little passionate, but I think that's okay. From sightings of Danilo Cavalcante within this two-mile search area around Chester County Prison. 
with two break-ins recorded. We can confirm that we have investigated um, actually two burglaries. When asked about Drummond's account, state police remained intentionally vague. That's within the uh, search area, and yes, we have investigated a number of things within that search area. I don't want to get any more specific. Again, Cavalcanti was convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison just two weeks ago. He's convicted of murdering his ex-girlfriend in 2021, and he's also wanted in his home country of Brazil for a 2017 murder. All that to say, investigators say this man is extremely dangerous. You should not approach him, and they say they are here out in force. So if you do give them a call, if you do have a sighting, they'll be there within moments. We're live in Hudson Township, Maggie Kent, Channel 6. So, folks, that's that's what happened. Uh, Jane C., thank you so much for the 499 Super Sticker. Very much appreciated. As of all, I'm seeing a lot of new names in the chat. Make sure not only are you a new name in the chat, but you hit that subscribe button on a YouTube. It's free to subscribe. Become a member of the Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories family. You want to join our Patreon to support us. There's three levels. And if you want to join our YouTube channel membership, uh, there's five different levels, and we have a lot of folks uh, from our, from our, our, I, I guess I would sometimes if I call you guys fans, people get upset, but I view you as such, as our fans, our subscribers, and our friends, and we appreciate, believe me, we appreciate all you guys. And uh, so, Mike, as time goes on with this, as this stretched from one day to two days to three to seven, now we're in the eighth day, why should the public be confident that the police are going to do the right thing and capture this guy. Billy, you know, the, the public always has the right to question the police, you know, after an operation is over, I have no problem with that. But so long as they, you know, try to do what the, and cooperate with the police, like, like to say, lock your doors, check your outbuildings, lock everything up. But uh, the police have to do this slowly and methodically. You don't want to just run in there like gangbusters and start chasing through the woods and you might end up going in the wrong direction. The person might double back on you. You do a systematic grid search um, where he's likely is to the point where he likely might go. He needs water. He needs shelter. He needs food. So, you know, he's not going to be uh, hiding in, in an open field. He's going to be hiding up a tree. He might be hiding, you know, under some rocks, you know, in like a little cave. Um, so, uh People should, you know, realize that this stuff goes slow. Um, you take it slow. You take it methodical. You, you know, you do it in, a, in an organized manner. Because you got to remember, you have a number of different agencies. You got federal marshals. You got state police. You got uh, Pen, uh, Pennsylvania Department of Corrections personnel. Um, you got to, you got to have a command headquarters post doing all this. You know, issuing orders, keeping everybody moving, so you're not, uh, you know, doing work that's already previously been done. But um, you know, it takes time. It takes time. And the cops are doing what they think is probably the most uh, accurate and, and good thing to do in their judgment, because this isn't the first time they've ever looked for a perp before. Um, you know, the Sarnayev case, remember that with the, with the Boston bombing? By the time they got his name out there, the likeness, and they identified him, it was about 72 hours or something like that. And that was in a city. Uh, here you have a, a, a much larger uh, rural area where there's a lot more maybe places to hide and where prying eyes aren't because there's not a lot of people out there. But uh, I, I just ask the people to, um, you know, have faith that the police are doing this like, like, they, they're, like they've been in the past. The federal marshals, nobody's better than the federal marshals uh, to do a manhunt. They do this 
for a living in many instances. So um, with, I would put all my uh, faith in, uh, in what they have to say. You know, Mike, well said. And, and you know, something it, it, we can look at it as civilians. We can look at it as citizens. And we could say, why haven't the police got this guy yet? But when you look at the task and how difficult it is, that's why. It's not an easy. And, you know, no one ever said it was easy. Let's play a little of this live. Now the video is unavailable, so I'll have to remove it. Uh, so, yeah, all of this, all of this stuff is... Uh, I don't know why the video, unless they're having technical difficulties, that was the live shot that we had had before. Because uh, earlier on in this uh, in this broadcast, uh, in this investigation, they had said that in this afternoon that there was another sighting of him. Yeah, and, just hours ago. Right. A large police presence went to the uh, vicinity of the sighting. And then, of course, when you see the thickness of this terrain, you can understand why they lost him. The district attorney and I have an ongoing dialogue with school districts in the area and are committed to providing them the most up-to-date information so they can make informed decisions about school operations. I've told you all previously that we're utilizing hundreds of state, local, and federal law enforcement officers, canines, aviation assets, and various types of technology in an effort to keep the community safe and to bring this to a swift conclusion as possible. I'd like to provide the media and the public an opportunity for some insight of the scope of the operation that we put in place. Following the press conference today, I'll provide you all details of how we can make that happen. As a reminder, we're asking the public's help by familiarizing themselves with the photograph and description of Cavalcante to check security cameras they have and to call us immediately if they believe they may have seen him. Again, we ask residents to please secure homes, outbuildings, and vehicles. Cavalcante has clearly already obtained some clothing and other unknown supplies, and we want to minimize any opportunity that he might have to get anything more. It is very important we keep the pressure on him as we continue this hunt. Cavalcante is considered extremely dangerous, and there is a reward <clears throat> excuse me, of up to $20,000 offered for information leading to the capture of Cavalcante. Anyone with information is asked to call our tip line at 717-562-2987, 717-562-2987. I continue to thank the community for their support and for allowing us the latitude to do our jobs while they deal with what I know are extremely stressful circumstances. We appreciate you all more than you know. And I wanted to also, uh, because we've had a number of inquiries, I mentioned an injury to one of our tactical dogs. Oh, I don't want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> can you talk about the effect on the, the, on the um, law enforcement members on the ground? Oh, it makes it very challenging. Uh, you know, certainly uh, all of you have been out in this weather, uh, high temperatures, high humidity. They're wearing. This is from the uh, press conference at 3 uh, p.m. this afternoon. So this isn't live, although it says live on the screen. This is from the 3 p.m. press yeah, conference. Uh, Okay. With uh, bullet-resistant vests uh, and carrying a lot of equipment, uh, it, it certainly adds to the challenge. Uh, with that said, I have not heard a single complaint, and uh, I believe our people are up to the task. But, but can they get some break time, cool down time, water break? If someone needs it, we absolutely get them some uh, some rest. But uh, typically, uh, what we've been doing is we're transporting fluids, 
food, those kinds of things to, to sustain them and keep them well hydrated um, out to their locations. Sorry, ma'am. Yes, thank I, you so much. Um, two questions here. The mushroom festival returns for the 28th year at Tennant Square, um, which is a couple of miles from um, East Marble and Rubble Gardens. Um, the mushroom festival will return as planned. Um, our law enforcement, state agencies, federal agencies working very closely with local police to ensure that um, the escapee will not um, go towards the borough because some people are planning not to attend this year's Michigan State Convict, even though he's not been spotted there. So any thoughts on that? Well, we're working very hard to capture the escaped convict and not allow him to go anywhere. And then but but uh, along with that, yes, we are well aware of that festival and we are working with authorities, a number of authorities, uh, law enforcement, emergency management, and so forth, to try and make sure that uh, people feel very safe uh, at that festival. Yeah, and last question. Um, Bella Italia, I just want to address this. Uh, okay. It's time to activate the National Guards. This is getting out of hand, and someone is going to get hurt. The governor needs to activate the law enforcement are exhausted. Uh, Bella, you know, I will respectfully disagree with you. Um, National Guard's not trained for this type of search uh, in regards to a, a fleeing perpetrator. In addition, more is not always better. Uh, sometimes you have too many people and you get in each other's way, you start tripping over each other and the mission gets clouded. Don't, don't forget they're searching for one individual, one person. And there's at least 200 officers, helicopters, drones, horses, dogs, you bring in more people, it doesn't necessarily make it better. But Bella Italia, thank you very much for your comment. I hope that I respectfully uh, replied to it. Your thoughts, Mike? Billy, I was just uh, looking up as we were looking at the video about the Donamora escape uh, up in Cl Clinton Correctional Facility in 2015. Uh, those two guys, Sweat, I can't think of the other guy's name, they were on the run for uh, almost three weeks before they were uh, hunted down. And it was during the summertime. In the summertime, you know, people could be out. They could sleep outdoors. Uh, this wasn't an escape in January where they would actually have to be in shelter, you know, uh, and, you know, that would cut down on the number of possibilities where you could find them. But uh, now they could just be anywhere because of the temperatures and the temperatures are high enough. They could sleep at night. But um, and that might be better for the public because it means they're not so he's not so desperate to get inside every night. But, um, yeah, there comes a point where you have to have a, a good number of people. You have to have good, um, as you know, because you've done these task forces before, you have to have a good, um, you know, uh, administrative apparatus. Um, uh, I don't think the, the National Guard would be good for the hunt. Um, perhaps in another role, if we could borrow maybe National Guard helicopters, maybe some of their equipment, we maybe activate a couple of Air National Guard uh, airmen to fly the, the pilots. But other than that, you know, with that sort of kind of stuff, that would be excellent. That would be great. But uh, having like, say, a hundred more National Guardsmen uh, with a whole nother, um, you know, uh, administrative, you know, hierarchy. I'm not sure if, if I kind of agree with you. I'm not sure if that, that's needed. I wouldn't mind helicopters. That would be great. Well, oh, you know, Mike, well, you hit it on the head. Yes, maybe we could use them in some other role, like yeah. traffic, send, mm -hmm. you know, uh, cordoning off roads, that type of thing, uh, yeah. bringing supplies out to, the, yeah. you know, that type of thing. But the actual search, I think you have to limit it to the law enforcement personnel on the scene. Uh, the beautiful Richella Pranzo, thank you so much for always supporting us, Richella. Donna Douglas, 
Much respect to you, Bill, and your guest, Professor Geary. Another great show. I grew up on a farm in Vermont. Every house uh, had firearms. We're in sixth grade. My friend and I all took hunters. You know something? If you're going to have firearms, then you must be trained in how to right. use them. Absolutely. Because someone that has a firearm that's not trained, it's not, it's not a good look, you know? It's absolutely not a good look. So you need to be trained. And if you're trained, I absolutely advocate for everyone to have one for their home. Folks, uh, Joe Murray, attorney at law. If you need an attorney in the New York metropolitan area, then Joe Murray is your man. Joe's a retired member of the service, a retired police officer, and an outstanding defense attorney. You can reach Joe on his cell at 718-514-3855. You can email him at joe at jmurray-law.com or go on his website, joe at jmurray-law.com. Joe's not only an outstanding attorney, a great guy, and a huge supporter of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. So let me get back to a little bit more of this press conference. Particular search. If we moved 20 miles down the road, there would perhaps be some different challenges than what we have here. We would adjust to those. It is. Weather can certainly no weather can certainly have an impact on it, um, but it does not take that technology out of the out of the game at all. Um, at times, to use the example of thermal imaging, uh, you can get some uh, some additional hot spots, rocks, uh, different things like that can cause a hot spot, but uh, it requires you to check a few more things. But it, it does not uh, uh, diminish our our uh, desire to use it. Are you concerned that he is growing more desperate and yet more dangerous the time that he spends out in this weather and being hunted by you? I believe he becomes more desperate. Uh, I believe he has always been very dangerous, and I've said that from the start. He's already murdered two people, one in Brazil and one here in a very brutal manner. Um, he's a very dangerous individual, and he remains so. Uh, is this is this the eight uh, confirmed sighting or are there more? And can you kind of We are checking homes. Uh, we are talking to neighbors if we don't find somebody at that home, and then each one is handled on an individual basis. Uh, we typically can check, uh, you know, tax records, county records, uh, to try and find an owner if we uh, if we've just completely unsuccessful. But the biggest thing we we look for immediately while we're there is any sign at all of forced entry, and we have found uh, some open homes. And in in those cases, we try to obtain permission. Uh, otherwise, uh, through exigent circumstances, we can at least make sure that uh, that home is not occupied. By you know, folks, I just want to uh, remind everyone that um, we've covered cases throughout the years. And I can't help but I always have to bring up this individual, Gonzalo Lopez, who escaped from a Texas prison in 2022. And the lackadaisical response was deafening. It was horrific. 
the incompetence of the Texas prison system uh, is just, it, this particular prison was just legendary. It was an inside job that allowed him to escape. He was a two-time murderer, and he was able to obtain a weapon, go on a prisoner transport with about 10 or 15 other prisoners, overpowered one of the guards, and he had used a tool to get out of his shackles. And then was shot at by the second guard who missed, he missed him with a shotgun. And he ran across a field and a local police officer watched him run across the field, never even gave chase. And it was just a horrific situation because this was an extremely, extremely dangerous guy. And in the hunt for him, which stretched into weeks, he was also able to just lay low until he felt the time was right. And in the area he was laying low, there were empty hunting cabins. He went into one of them and he killed the family of five. When the public relations people from the prison were saying, oh, we think he's long gone, he's out of the area. And they allowed people to come back into the area. And the results were horrific. And a family of five was murdered by this guy. And I don't want to see anything like that happen in this case, Mike. Yeah, Billy, the public has to be so on guard. They, you know, at night, don't walk around at night in that anywhere. If you're anywhere in that area at all, or even bordering the search area, you know, don't go walking at night like you might want to do on a beautiful, quiet summer evening. Don't do it. Lock, you know, double lock your doors. You know, make, you know, if you have a firearm, Keep it someplace close by. Um, if you have an outbuilding, make sure it's locked up. Make sure you check your outbuildings. Uh, you check your cars. This guy could be hiding under a car. He could be hiding in a, in a shed where you keep your lawnmower. You know, um, everybody needs to be super vigilant because he's going to get desperate. He's going to get hungry. He's tired. He, he's going to want to rest and lay low. Um, we see him moving around, but at some point he's going to decide that the noose is tightening. He has to take refuge. And that's when he gets very, very dangerous because you're st the more you start to corner him, he's like a scorpion. He's going to get that much more dangerous because he knows he doesn't have a lot of freedom left. And so like that guy in Texas, he killed a whole family. And um, this guy is just as capable because he has proven himself to be a cold-blooded killer already. He's got two bodies. He's not afraid to kill. Absolutely. And you know something, that is the probably the worst thing that could happen. And we don't want to see anything like that happen in this case. Last Thursday and where he has been since then, his exact whereabouts right now remain unknown. That is unbelievable as we watch again yeah. on the screen of him just scaling a wall like uh, your local neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. And it just to, to sort of uh, minimize that, you can't. The athleticism in that and being able to do that while you're going up a wall, I don't know how exactly high the wall was when he reached the top, but there's no margin for error. So if you fall or slip, you know, you're going to be breaking bones because you're going to fall straight down on your face. Not that that would have been a good thing in this situation. But the search goes on with more manpower coming in to help from tactical units to the FBI. Here's a live look from Sky Force 10 over Route 1 near Lenape Road. And we have live team coverage this afternoon. NBC 10's Tim Furlong.
has been out in neighborhoods where local, state, and federal agencies have been searching all day. But we begin with Deanna Durante, live in Westchester, where authorities just gave an update. Deanna, what's the latest? Well, the lieutenant colonel of the state police who's heading up this search says he was always under the impression that Dan Notlow Calvacante is a dangerous man convicted of murder here in the States and wanted for murder in Brazil. But he also suspects that the convicted killer is getting more desperate. They do believe that today's sighting is not far from where he was spotted by a trail camera uh, on the Longwood Gardens property. This property, not the place where visitors, ticketed visitors go in to uh, visit the garden. Rather, it is a place, another piece of property owned by Longwood Gardens. Police say they are keeping the search perimeter with the exception of allowing two elementary schools to open. Those schools, however, do have a large police presence on the campus. That current search area where uh, federal, state, local officers, tactical units, dogs, and a lot of electronic equipment, they are focusing on an eight to 10 mile range, as we were told near. Folks, as you look at that terrain on the screen, do you think someone could hide in there? <laughs> look at the look at the height of that vegetation. I mean, it it would almost be, you know, if he runs in there, even finding him if you see him run in there, very very difficult. Here at Longwood Gardens, and again, we are told that some of these uh, tactical officers have come in not just from this region but across the country. So an individual reported that uh, that he had seen someone matching that description and he provided us a location that he had seen them uh, running through that area. Uh, and uh, and so searchers have uh, have gone to that area. Uh, we're using uh, people on foot. We have horses out there as well that are assisting with the search uh, tactical teams and, um, and and of course the aviation assets that you mentioned. Okay. Now, police say at this point they cannot prove if Calvacante has broken into any homes, cars, businesses, but they do say clearly he's he has gotten himself some supplies there. They do not want him to get any more. They want him to remain in that search area. They want to be able to catch up with him. That's why knowing what he looks like, paying attention to your property, reporting anything if it appears missing is important. Investigators still asking for the help of the people in this region. If you see him, call them. That's the latest reporting live in Westchester, Deanna Durante, NBC 10 News. All right, Deanna, thank you for that latest report from investigators. And search crews have now been out for the eighth straight day trying to track down Danilo Cavalcanti and get him back behind bars. Sky for 10 was overhead earlier this afternoon as authorities searched this wooded area. NBC 10's Tim Furlong is live in Chadsford with the latest on that. Tim. Yeah. Deanna and I have been texting back and forth all day. We're keeping our ear to the ground. And just to give you a little insight as to how this all works, when we get a tip and we hear about a possible break in the case, we literally just pack up, get in the car, and we just go. And we get there. We often see these troopers hunting through the woods, but we don't get to speak directly with them about how they're feeling about the search. Well, today I spoke with a guy who does speak with them. I'm not sensing frustration. What I see is determination. The head of Delaware County's FOP chapter is talking directly with the crews searching for Danilo Cavalcante and Chris Eiserman and his team are feeding them, making them sandwiches and giving them drinks whenever they come back to the command post. These troopers, U.S. Marshals, local police, they want to capture this guy. They want to get him in custody. Longwood Gardens reopened today and even posted that they were no longer part of the search radius. But early this afternoon, just a tiny bit east of Longwood... 
State Police chopper was back flying low over the area. Clearly, they had reason to come search this piece of woods and farmland near Route 1 and Lenape Road. We saw troopers walking the perimeter of the crops and into the woods. Sky Force 10 spotted them searching around a pond as well. Nobody wants this to last any longer. Not residents who, while supportive and appreciative of the police, are still enduring road closures and car searches, and surely not the law enforcement officials themselves doing a dangerous job in challenging terrain and on a blazing hot day. They want to see their families. A lot of these guys haven't seen their families in you know seven, eight days. So that's that's frustrating on them. But there's no frustration in in the job they're doing. They're determined to catch him, and I think they're going to do that. Yeah, so many roads still blocked off. Local schools are back open. The Kennett Mushroom Festival is going on as planned this weekend. I also want to give you an update on that tactical search dog that suffered heat exhaustion. The dog's name is Loki. He's out of the hospital. He's doing well. We are told he could be back on the job next week. Hopefully this will all be over by that point. But again, the good news is the dog is doing well. The bad news, of course, is that this inmate is still on the loose. We're going to keep you posted. have much more for you at 5 and 6. We're live in Chad's Ford, Tim Furlong, NBC10 News. You know, Mike, get that dog back to work. Who does he think taking off a few days? <laughs> Poor Loki. I think, I, the Loki could be faking. I want him back on the job. What does he think? This, you know, you can't take any time off. This is a, an emergency situation. So just to update everything, there's been a, there's been sightings of him this afternoon. Uh, again, these uh, these trail cameras are invaluable because when – people can say with their eyes oh we think we saw him but when they have absolute proof with a trail camera yeah that is him that is him and what folks when you see the sprawling facility in which he escaped from it's when you think about the property of a state prison there's lots of areas they need to secure but that's the responsibility of the department of corrections and there should be someone at every point, possible point where someone could escape out of there, and also someone patrolling the perimeter. How did he get out? I mean, we know, we've seen the video, we've seen that picture of him scaling the wall like Spider-Man. There he is, beginning to scale the wall. But then once he did get on the rooftop, there was some more snafus. The guard tower never saw him running across a roof the folks that are supposed to be watching the fence never saw him going over this fence that had barbed wire on it there we have that's the barbed wire he somehow got over that i mean do you think this is a tough desperado be used to being traveling in the jungles of brazil and he was able to escape this state prison because he is a desperado and he is facing life without parole, already sentenced to life without parole. And no easy thing. But again, they need to stress him. They need to keep the pressure on. There's the wanted poster. And he's wanted for escaping. Well, homicide, the homicide in Brazil is the one he hasn't been charged with. Five foot tall, 120 pounds. Don't let that fool you. The guy's a killer, you know. Anyone with information, just call 911 or 1-877-926-8332 or contact Pennsylvania Crime Stoppers at 1-800-4-PA-TIPS. And uh, that's uh, 
that's basically where we're at right now. There's right. been no live um, reports on, on any further sightings. There was some sightings this afternoon. However, uh, right now, uh, you know, obviously darkness has fallen, makes it now they got to hand over the search to the helicopters and the drones and the dogs. And this is when he moves. Nighttime. This is when he choos chooses to move to, you know, and he knows he can probably hear the police. He can hear the helicopters. He can hear the horses. He can hear the dogs. So he has an advantage in that way. And when he spots them, he can take shelter. You see how small he is. The guy can hide on a bookshelf, you know, right. and uh, so he, he has that advantage, but he has a disadvantage. He's probably starving. When you're in the heat that he's been in, you have to acquire water every hour or so. You got to stay hydrated, or you will become dehydrated and you'll faint and fall. And maybe that could happen. That would be a good thing that he gets dehydrated and then turns himself in because you could die out there of exposure, also. But we see that from his backpacks that he's acquired certain things. He may have even acquired a weapon along along the way. You see the picture from the trail camera. He's got a backpack on. He's got a little uh, like tote bag slung over his shoulder. So all we can do is conjecture right now. They keep the pressure on. They keep searching for him. As the lieutenant colonel said from the state police, you stress him. Keep him stressed. Keep him looking over his shoulder. Maybe, and I don't think so, but could he possibly turn himself in? He may just get too tired of running at some point. But... He has other options too. He can break into people's houses. You know, he can do some really bad things. And that's what we're hoping and praying that he does not do. Mike. Yeah, Billy, what you the best that you hope for is that he just exhausts himself and just passes out or he turn or just goes up to a, a police officer's hand raised, ends this. I don't think so because you know, what's the chances of him ever having another chance to escape? Um, I'm sure wherever they put him is going to be a lot tougher place now uh, if they capture him. I would like to see him just end this, but I, however it ends, I hope it ends quickly. I hope no one uh, is, uh, is victimized further by this guy. No family, no family's home. Nobody's terrorized. Hope no, no officer is injured and that they catch this guy quick. The, the one thing about the weather is it is so hot. He does have to hydrate frequently. At one point, he was seen near a creek, so he has to have some sort of water source nearby. So um, that's a good thing uh, because it means it's, it may limit where he thinks he can go. But still, still, uh, everyone should consider him an, uh, um, the, the most desperate, desperado there can be, the most dangerous person out there. Consider him fully capable of committing murder again. So there's not, nothing to be trifled with. You know, Mike, 100% and well said. You know, folks, that's uh, pretty much our show for this evening. Uh, we're going to monitor this case. And, uh, of course, like all of you guys, we're hoping and praying that he gets caught very soon and that he gets caught before he, God forbid, takes some someone else's life, which we realize he's fully capable of doing. Mike, your final thoughts. Uh, I just want everybody to, um, you know, think about – the things he has done 
and pray for the family of his deceased girlfriend, Deborah Brando. He killed, she's a mother of two. She was his girlfriend and she uh, was stabbed to death, brutally stabbed to death in front of her own two children. This, uh, remember that, remember her and her family and her children in your prayers and um, pray that no one else gets hurt. And, uh, and do not listen to all kinds of crazy conjecture uh, from, you know, uh, people on the air that aren't giving you the real deal. We're the real deal here. One hundred percent. And you know, uh, folks, we appreciate you tuning in tonight. Everyone, have a great night. Be safe, and God bless. Good night. One episode, just ain't enough.